Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Oh, we're going to talk image today on the show. My first guest I've known for quite some time. She's a fellow South Dakotan and has made a career out of helping executives and business leaders create a memorable first impression with everything from attire to behavior and body language. We're talking about return on image. In fact, she trademarked it, which is absolutely wonderful to be able to think about that. Who? No one had ROI return on image. She did. And I'm talking about Sheila Anderson, an international branding icon, best-selling author, and a charter member of the C-Suite Network Advisors. She's been around with us since the beginning. And of course, one of our C-Suite Network Thought Council members, that's the top elite group invite only. Uh, wow. she's She's been a member of that since we got that started too. She's here to talk about how to create a great first impression when socially distancing or whenever we get to meet face to face, how to do it right. Welcome Sheila Anderson to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Excited to be with you in South well, Dakota. We're both here. <laughs> yeah, we're both here. We're just, a, we're actually about five, six miles away. Yeah. Could I happen to know where you, where you live and you're, you're sequestered in your home, which is great. Thank yeah. you for, for doing that and being a part of that. It's just awesome. But look at all that color. You've got all that great color. That, that already tells me you're into your imaging. Uh, yeah. You pay attention to the eye candy behind you, right? Exactly. Part of your brand. Well, that's, that's, that's so true. So every day you post about your work from home outfit of the day on social media, which is really cool. Why do you do that? And why do you think people should dress up even when they're working from home? So you are still going to work, right? That, I mean, you are still going to work even though you're working from home and this is not the time to be relaxed with your image because now your your home office or your office is this, right? On Zoom. Right. Um, and close up the intention for the day for you. So what whatever you put on will affect your mood. It will affect your mindsets. Yeah, and totally. We can, and we can talk about this later, how it affects your money. But it does um, create some normalcy as well in this time where things are not normal. We're trying to figure out... Um, figure out this life with COVID. So getting dressed in the morning like you typically would to go to the office creates a sense of normalcy and helps um, helps you gain control over things that you maybe cannot control right now. So it gives you a sense of control and it sets your um, intentions for the day on the things that you want to get done. And it also helps increase your confidence, right? You know, we all put something on and we feel more confident in it, or there's sometimes we fidget with it all day and we don't like it. And that affects, affects our mood and how we're productive for the day. Without question. And I think that's an important thing. I tell my own team, I said, get out of your pajamas, get out of your sweatsuits, you know, put on some real work clothes. It just, it <laughs> changes your mood, doesn't it? It does. And you don't have to, you know, I don't expect you to show up in, you know, a full business suit and necktie because, because. What, I can, I can take this off? No. Take this. <laughs> it's part of your brand. No. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, you know, so people get used to how you're showing up. 
and and they expect it from you and they expect you to show up in a certain way because that's how you've shown up before in the past but again we when you are working from home there can be a sense of a little bit more relaxed but i don't want you to be in your pajamas i see newscasters like hey i'm broadcasting live from you know my uh my basement and then they're showing themselves in their pajamas and i'm going i don't agree with that well, it's even in your social post. I even pe- yeah. hear people talking about what they're doing personally all the time. And I, I, I'm i even a little hesitant. I share a lot personally, but usually about mm-hmm. my family or about my values, the things I love, or, you know, uh, they're more positive outlook than negative. Most people are talking about negative outlooks uh, and how it's affecting them. And I, I just don't, I don't get that. I just don't mm-hmm. get why you do that. You, you actually authored a book called return on imaging. And I thought that was great. And I think you even trademarked that, right? I did trademark return on image. Yeah. yeah. Gaining an ROI on how you show up and, and what you wear and how that affects uh, your money, right? Yeah. Because revenue is a byproduct of your image and everything you do, everything you say and everything you wear communicates and it's either strengthening that brand of you or it's diminishing that brand of you. Oh, and you may be leaving money. Yeah. You could be leaving money. Are you leaving money on the table with the way you're showing up? Yeah. Well, without question, I think a lot of people do, right? You know, each of us finds your own brand. How do you find your own brand, your own, your own sense of your own sense of style? Like, you know, I have my own sense. I, I wear a jacket. I usually wear a purple lavender shirt or pink, mostly almost all pink. And every once in a while, you know, my pink shirts are dirty. So then I go to the lavender ones, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, we, and then I wear, of course, jeans and cowboy boots. How do, you, how do you develop your own sense of style? Yeah, creating a signature style is one of the best ways to, to build your personal brand because then you show up consistently. Uh, but, the, but the very first place you can start is creating that power word is what I call it that one word that you want to own in the minds of others when they think of you and you start Mm. with that word and what does that word look like so from my word is captivating I hope I show up captivating I hope my my clothing captivates you and and draws you in and maybe it's a magnet for attraction for you know the different clients I want to work with I can command higher fees different things like that so whatever your word is and it's the very same way that a corporate brand builds their brand is what's that brand personality and what does that look like visually because you when you build your signature look that's visual data people use mm-hmm. to gather to figure out who you are internally and can I trust you and what values and strengths possibly that you can bring to me so creating that signature look. Um, again, you do it with, with your jeans and your jacket and your pink or purple shirt. Um, but, but it can be just simply wearing a, a color, you know, maybe you're always showing up uh, wearing red or you always show up wearing blue or you, um, whatever that signature look is and, and how that ties back to your word, you know, again, what is that word that you want to own the minds of others? And then think about what does that visually look like in clothing? And what does that look like in color? Mm-hmm. There's a whole color psychology on, on what different words mean. So I'm going to have to, you know, we're going to take a break. Well, I'll come back and ask you, what's the word for me? I want to know what that word is right there. All right. Hey, we'll take a break and come right back. This is Jeffrey Hazlett on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. C-Suite Radio. 
Hey, we're back live. We're talking with Sheila Anderson. Sheila Anderson is an imaging brand icon. Image Power Play is, all, is what she's all about. She She's the one that trademarked Return on Image. Can you believe that? You would have thought somebody would have had that. Hey, before the break, I was asking you about words. What one word describes the people you were saying? And yours is captivating. What's my word? Bold. Oh, bold. Yeah. Big, bold, brass. Yeah. Bold. Kind of, I like that. Maybe, like a, big, maybe a little maverick. Some, you maverick. Know. Oh yeah. Cowboy. Maverick. Cowboy. Maverick. Little cowboy. Yeah. Right. That's cool. I like that. Right. I once tried to, I tried to, I tried to, uh, to, uh, pick up the company name Maverick one time in Mustangs. I thought that would have been good. Wild Mustangs. That's, I always wanted to call oh. a co- company like Wild Mustangs or, or Buffalo Stampede or something like that. But yeah, there you go. Let me ask you a question. You know, uh, everybody's using Zoom now, right? We're mm-hmm. using Zoom in order to be right. able to broadcast this out. And we're live right now on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, we're doing a live cast. Let me ask you a question about the mistakes you see professionals making, you know, when they're using Zoom and other meeting platforms. Yeah, so two mistakes I see is paying, not paying attention to how they arrive, and how mm-hmm. they arrive visually on what they're wearing, how they arrive uh, with their with their body language and their expressions. Because I feel like when you're on camera, you have to be a little bit more animated, right? You have to have a little bit more expression um, when you're when you're showing up on Zoom and paying attention to that. Like we talked about, what's that eye candy behind you? Yeah, you know, I I've seen people sitting in their kitchen and if that's the only place that you have to work you know we're giving some people some grace right now right right right. but still pay attention to if you have all your refrigerator filled with you know photos of all the kids and all that stuff so pay attention to that eye candy behind you because people will start paying attention to the things behind you versus looking at you so yeah um, and then, you know, how you're sitting in your seat, you don't want to be like slouched back here and not really paying attention. So again, pay attention to how you arrive, you know, showing up and then sitting up. Yep. And then- well, you, you got to pay attention. You know, usually I, I'm in a big leather chair, which is sitting right over there. And today mm-hmm. I went and got a stool because we're yeah. playing with different, you know, settings for me yeah. and the green screen mm-hmm. and camera shots and different things. And I'm, I'm playing. In fact, I, I can switch over to this camera. Not as good. That's a terrible camera <laughs> shot. Right. And right. for those that are watching it, blew, it just blew my whole color out. So not, not a good one. I got to get, Ooh, I got to get off that. I look blue in that one. So we're always playing with different kinds of things and, yeah. and to be able to make it work in different ways. Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you one time I'm, I'm talking to somebody and behind him, he has on his board and there was a, a you know, a yellow post-a-note, big yellow post-a-note right behind him. And it said proctology exam and it oh. had his time and date for when that was not a good, not a good thing. No. Not a good no. thing. And, you know, practice beforehand, like do, you know, start a zoom, look at what's yeah. happening behind you. Yeah. See, see what I can take out, you know, yep. but again, well, the team I, just, yeah, the team just sent me this big green screen. So we're, you know, here I'm sitting in my home office. I've rearranged everything, got the big green screen. We got a nice background. We're playing with different backgrounds, uh, looking for different shots. Because normally when I tape my show, I'm doing it in my office in New York a great deal of the time. And it's kind of a mini newsroom is what we've had. Hey, I got a question that just came in uh, from the audience. Corporate brand versus personal brand. Ooh, do you think they need to be different? No, 
Yeah. No, because it, well, it depends on who you are. I mean, if you're the CEO of that company, you're going to, you know, your personal brand is going to be directly related to that corporate brand and it needs to be an expansion of that. Um, if you're an employee of a, of a company, there can be some differences, but again, you know, here's the thing with corporate branding and personal branding. It is an expansion of that, of that corporate brand. So if you have an employee that say they go out and do us do a speech at a um, industry event, they're building their personal brand as a thought leader and an expert, which then helps expand your corporate brand and makes your corporate brand more visible. And you're known to have the experts on staff or the thought leaders on on staff. So it just it just builds that whole tribe for your mm-hmm. for your corporate brand. But again, but saying if your corporate brand is known for um being bold yeah and your staff is maybe not they don't have to be as bold as you but there still has to be some boldness in the way they they the way they interact so it has to tie back to some of that brand personality yeah which i think is a really important an important piece to be able to have you know i always tell people now we're talking right this about two different pieces of brand is first of all, something that's sure. a promise delivered, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the delivery that you give as a corporation, but mm-hmm. we're really talking a lot about brand attributes, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The, co- the colors, yep. the looks, the feels, mm-hmm. the words that mm-hmm. you would use to describe the bo- the brand. I mean, I look at your brand, look behind you, you know, you, you wear a lot of red, you wear a lot of pop. I think, you know, that's a, a cool way of being able to do. I love the fact you got that big leather chair behind you. It's red and it's got a little, it's got a big rose pillow or something there. And you got an organ behind you. Do you play that organ? <laughs> I don't. I could ask that quite a bit. I don't. My husband does. He does. And he plays it. And then of course you got a big neon sign, which <laughs> I just, it's a gorgeous sign. I've seen it before. And what's the story behind that sign? So it, my husband's parents owned a jewelry store in a small town. And so this is the actual sign that hung outside of that jewelry store in wow. a small town in South Dakota. So we had it refinished and, and the neon fixed on it. So it's, it's special. It's special to us. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. How will influencers, these are the folks that, <clears throat> that I would call thought leaders. How do you think they're going to evolve in this new landscape? Or do you think they'll go away because people are craving more genuineness and organic outreach? And I guess we talk about influencers like a lot of these Instagram people, mm-hmm. you know, who just live this uh, lifestyle, which to me looks all fake for the most part. But do you think those folks are going to go away? I think they're going to have a hard time attracting new followers because right now we're looking for a friend. We're looking for somebody, uh, a familiar face and somebody that's relatable. Mm -hmm. So you can't be so perfect online that you're, that's not relatable to people. People want to see, it's not real. People want to see some battle scars. They want to see you um, struggling here and there. They want to see you. Oh my gosh, you know what? She does have a bad hair day or or whatever that is. I mean, there's things that I do intentionally um, that I show behind the scenes where I do struggle with my weight. You know, I'm very open about that. And um, 
so that's relatable to a lot of people like oh gosh she's not perfect you know just because she's an image consultant or a personal brand strategist and you think that she's going to be absolutely perfect that she's not there's a human element to her there's a yeah um, it humanizes your personal brand if you show us some of those battle scars and show that you're not perfect and people crave that and it's relatable and they want that honesty yeah the realness which is the brand you know it's a right. that's the real part of the brand i think is important how do you think yeah. personal branding can expand influence yeah so right now um it, in our uh, online world that everybody thinks they're a thought leader <laughs> mm -hmm. and everybody has that opportunity to share their um their thought leadership and their influence um, online, but become that, you know, the first thing I would say is be that credible resource for people. And once you become a credible resource for people that expands your influence, people be, um, want get to know you and they'll reach out to you and then you can partner with others as well. That's a way you can expand your influence. If you start partnering with other, um, other brands or other people to help them, Hey, you know what? I have, um, I have an idea for an article for you and I'd be happy to give you a paragraph for it. Um, so just, just start expanding yourself. Um, you know, online again is the place that people are at the moment because we're not out, uh, publicly at the, <laughs> right now, but your sphere of influence um, is created by the people that you reach out to and building your tribe because your tribe is money. All right. Speaking of tribe, I got to get out and talk to mine right now with a little break. We're talking with Sheila Anderson, international branding icon, image power play, and the author of Return on Image. We'll be right back after this break. C-Suite Radio. We're talking with Sheila Anderson, international branding icon and the, the author of Return on Image. And I'm telling you, an unbelievable book talking all about the power of image. And of course, we're broadcasting for C-Suite Radio. And this is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. So I heard you say before, your image is your logo. What do you mean by that? So just like a company has a logo, your logo, in a sense, is how you look. Yeah. Right, because it becomes associated with uh, the characteristic of you. And so it's, it's a way that it's a visual representation of who you are internally. So it does become, it acts as a logo that the same way that a corporate has, corporation has a logo. It's that icon, it's that mark that becomes associated with who you are. Which is a lot of around the word brand, you know, brand, as I said, a, an image, uh, it's not just about the image, it's a promise right. delivered. Of course, that word, uh, you know, brand came from the old cowboys, you know, had brand of cattle, ownership of uh, uh, ownership on the side of a bovine. And then, of course, it got transferred to a company, then got transferred to, you know, anything to do with uh, anything to do with imaging before a company. So what do you what do you think is next on the horizon for, you know, for people's imaging? Do you think some people are talking about putting music next to people's imaging? So there's a music attached to it is what, 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 what do you think? the crazy thing is next yeah I, you know talking about brand i i guess i define it as owning that experience mm -hmm. others have with you i mean i agree it's that it's that promise delivered and it, but it's also owning that experience and how do people experience you 
uh, what are our five senses? You know, how do I experience you visually? How do I experience you through my ears? How do I, is there a way, a uh, sensory way that I can experience you? I think that's, that would be an interesting way um, that hasn't been explored a lot. You know, what's that, the, the senses of, you know, smell. Um, yeah different things like that Ooh, so. if we put smell we put smell for me it'd be bacon <laughs> mine would be bacon sizzling yeah. bacon that would be mine i like that well listen yep. i i would i would love to keep going and talking about all this imaging we're talking with shu anderson international branding icon of course the author of return on image she's one of our c-suite advisors c-suite network advisors and one of our thought council members which is the most elite group that we have in the c-suite network it's an invite only group uh, where we bring together thought leaders to work on the business of the business and i'm telling you she knows how to do it and she it's a pleasure having you right here on all business with jeffrey hazlett thanks jeffrey appreciate it at the end of every show i like to talk about what I learned during that particular part of the episode. And of course, I've got another guest coming up right after this, so stay tuned. And uh, what I learned from Sheila is about ROI, return on imaging. You only got one chance to make a good first impression. Why would you blow it by by sitting in your sweats on a on a video call? Why would you dress up, put a little makeup on, even if you're a guy, dress it up a little bit, okay? You got, you got one chance to make it look right, so make it look right and spend the time, spend the money, by the way, it makes you feel better. That's what I learned. Well, my next guest is a natural born leader, whether during his two decades of service in the U.S. Army as president and CEO of his own business, he's studied leadership for over 30 years, and currently he helps leaders handle current and future challenges in the workplace. In fact, we talk about three big things in the middle of the show. You're not going to want to miss it, to love, to learn, to let go. I'm telling you big, big stuff. He is a proponent of making the workplace a place for that people want to come to every single day. Now, that's tough to do when we're doing it remote, but he gives us some great reasons to find purpose and lives by these three tenets that I talked about, loving, learning, and letting go. So please welcome David Beach, President and CEO of Leader Sites to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Welcome, David. Hey, Jeffrey, it is great to be here. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this. It's good. It's good, isn't it? Life is good. I can't tell you, you were crushing life. it during this, during a supposedly downtime. I mean, you were just busting it. You were busting well, why it. Why would you want to be form? down when you can be, you know, why would you want to be down when you, when you can be up, right? No kidding. I mean, I yeah. was, I was so impressed with how you guys pulled off that, that battleship forum. I was so glad to be a part of that. It, it was just, it blew my mind. It was just so It was good. a great event. We had, uh, of course, it reached out to many thousands of people. And uh, we were, when we were going to put it together, it was only going to be about 150, 200. And we put an extra zero on that <laughs> and uh, blew it out of the water. I guess we, we used those battleships to really blow it up out of the water. There you go. That's it. And, and a great program. Hey, I'm going to get right to the business. What's the most, what's the most pressing issue facing the workplace right now? uncertainty. I mean, nobody knows what is going to happen. And so, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, but that's not stopping you from making plans and doing things. And I, I'm, I'm worried that too many people are, are sitting back and saying, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. So I, I won't do anything. Yeah. So thankfully we, we're trying to reach out, trying to get people to start thinking about what's it going to look like when you do return. And my personal thing is encouraging people not to return to normal, but take this time to prepare so you can return to better. So things are better than they were before when we do get back up to speed. 
Ooh, I like that. I like, I like thinking better because I mean, what's really normal. Exactly. I, I mean, I don't know what that word means. Well, normal's gone anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, what you've been used to. And I think that's the way we should look at it. I you agree. Know, what is it you've been used to versus what it is you're going to now face and whatever you now face is the new normal. So exactly. what's the difference, right? Now, what There were so many people who were, who've always been complaining about, well, this wasn't working right before, and I never got a chance to do this before, and, and it's all this stuff that wasn't working well before. Oh, you almost now said bullshit. You it. almost said bullshit. You were so close to saying bullshit. And I can say that's my show. It's okay. I don't mind the red marks. But you, but you're right about that. You you got to get over this other crap. Just just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Quit quit thinking about the way it used to be. I used to have that at Kodak all the time, David. People yeah. come up to me, Jeff, make it like it used to be. Listen, I don't look like I used to when I was 20. I look better. Okay. That's the way you should approach. I like your word, the new better. You look great, Jeff. You look great. Thank you. Kodak, well, thank I can't you. say as much for. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Well, they, they look better. They've had, they've had better days. We all have. Yeah. Uh, we all, if we, if we all look in the mirror, we've all had better days. There's no all doubt. Of about us. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, but how can anyone maintain a positive outlook during a crisis like this? I, I think the best way to do that is to surround yourself with people who you care about and who care about yeah. you. Yeah. Um, the most important thing is, is connection. And thankfully we've got tools like zoom and go to meeting and other video calls, even FaceTime that allow us to take advantage of seeing our, each other's faces. I had a great time the other night. Uh, my kids all tapped into zoom. One's in Austin, one's in Baltimore, one's here with us. We all played a version of cards against humanity with Zoom on the TV, Zoom on the computers, and the game on our phones, we just had a blast. I haven't. We, I played that game face to face. That would be a good game on Zoom. We've been thinking about our family having, and you know, we have different pods of groups, and we were talking about Pictionary. But I like, I like that game because that's a good discussion game. It, it was, uh, it was hilarious. And of course, they they beat me to a pulp. I, I was horrible at it. <laughs> yeah. How can we boost confidence right now in the workplace? What do you think we should do? Of course, we're talking live with uh, David Beach, the president and CEO of Leadership, Leader Sites. Leader Sites is the name of the company. So how can we boost confidence in our workplace? You know, confidence requires some experience. Mm -hmm. um, one of the challenges we have right now is nobody's had this experience before. So everybody's confidence is a little shaken. Yeah. But we've got this ability um, to understand our own ability to contribute and our own ability to analyze and our own ability to think and act. And if we, if we can just keep people taking those steps, those small steps and every step that they take, make sure it's either a win or if it's not a win, we can learn something from it, adjust and take another step. And it's up to leaders right now to be challenging folks to take those small steps. We don't need to be taking these giant leaps because if you fail on the giant leaps, you fail fatally. Yeah. So we got to take smaller steps. So these, these steps, this inactive mastery experiences, step by step by step by step. Every time you win, you get a little bit more confident. Every time you take a next step, you get a little bit more confident. When you get smashed down and you fail one, rally the troops, figure out what happened, figure out what you can do differently, and then take another step. Don't go back. Yeah. Don't, don't make the, you don't need to take the big can, you know, people have been talking the big yeah. gamble. A lot of people have been talking about pivoting. I, I don't know if I like the word pivoting, 
I just like it, the word adapting, you know, we change, adapt or die is what always been my motto. And when you, when you think about pivoting, well, that means you plant your foot, stop what you were doing and make a complete interrupt turn. Right. That's right. I don't, I don't think we need to do that. Um, And even this confidence, I like that you got to act with some confidence. You know, I always tell people act like you've been there before. Right. Yeah. And, And that's what you need to do here. Or just walk in like you belong there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. You know, walk with a little swagger. Walk with a little swagger. Well, you walk in. What's the worst that can happen? If you you fail, you're going to learn something. If you succeed, you get to take another step. Yeah, no one's going to die. That's always been my motto. Speaking about confidence, I'm confident that people want to hear this next ad, so I need to take a quick break. I'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. Hey, this is Jeffrey Hazel. We're live casting on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for joining us on these live casts. And if you're listening in on the podcast, of course, we're taping right now uh, with David Beach, president and CEO of Leadership, Leader Sites. I always want to say leadership sites, but leaders say I'm verbally dyslexic. So that's my problem. I, I, I'm sorry for that. I'll do my best. Well, what three things can we do to improve the workplace right now? Uh, now that we're working from home? Well, the, to me, the three things that leaders need to do, uh, they got to make these, these three decisions and they make them every day and that'll set their behavior right to take them anywhere. Okay. And the first decision, they got to decide to love. They got to love the folks they're, do, they're working with. They got to love the work that they're doing and they got to put the needs of their people above their own. They make that decision. That's going to drive the right kind of behavior. So people above profits, people above profits right now. Number one thing, make the decision to love. That doesn't mean, you know, we can't give group hugs anyway. This just simply means very practically speaking, I'm going to put your needs above mine and I'm going to make sure you have everything you need to succeed. Okay. That's the first one, but I got to, I got to ask about that first one. Cause you know, like some of my people are paying in the ass. I mean, they're really, I'm sorry, but, and I, and I am too. Okay. I got to be honest. I mean, yeah. it's like, I look at them and they say something and I go, what? Come on, man. Don't do that. Yeah. How do you, how do you overcome that? Uh, you understand that you don't have to like people, but you do have to love them. Oh, uh, wow. That's pretty good. Like suck it up, buttercup. They're suck part of your up, family. Buttercup. Yeah. You um, might not like uncle, you might not like uncle Bob, but you know what, you know, like, cause he's always saying, pull my finger, but you gotta still love him because he's your family. I like and it. again, that love is just, I'm going to make sure your needs are taken care of before my own. That's it. Gotcha. It's not any kind of weird stuff. It's just, I'm going to make sure you've got your needs taken care of. So the next one, the next decision is to, to learn. Yeah. This to is learn? number two. It's learn. So the learn. first one is love. And if I'm going to make the decision to love and put your needs above my own, the most important thing I need to learn is what the hell you need. Yeah. So how do I learn that? I've got to be able to spend time with you. I've got to be able to talk to you. I've got to have a normal human interactive conversation with you. Um, And the biggest thing there is we've got to show each other a little respect. Um, Mm -hmm. If we don't have any respect, we don't have any good conversations. Um, So learn. Uh, Let me me jump in on that learn. I think that's a really important one because sometimes it's important for us to put ourselves in our employees' 
you know, shoes a lot and in their house and then what they're doing, the, you know, cause exactly. you got, you got some employees right now ready to duct tape their kids to the side of the wall. Right. I mean, and, or maybe hold them hostage, but one of the two, because they're just, it's really stressful, you know, and then even I've, we've had an employee and I, I don't want to get too personal, but where they've had to inherit part of the family and myself yeah. included because other members have become infected or they, the other members of family can't handle it or whatever. And you've got it. You now you've got a whole house full of people on top of a house full of people. So that That's stress exactly on right. that is really intense, right? Yeah. And, and of course you're not going to like all of those folks, but that doesn't matter. You still have to make sure their needs are taken care of. Yeah. Okay. Another thing for learn Jeff is, is we've got this wonderful opportunity now to, to take advantage of the resources that are available for learning just about anything you want to learn. Um, a lot of people roll their eyes when you talk about do some online learning because most of the online learning stuff that organizations do, it's all compliance related stuff and it's very dry and it's very boring and, and everybody does it just to click the box. Right. So what we want to do is I want leaders to think about in, in this whole return to better kind of mentality, what can we learn as a team tee it up to do a portion online and then get together in a Zoom conference and then reflect on what you learn and learn collectively as we go forward. Love, then learn. The last one, you got to let go, man. You just, you can't control <laughs> everything. You got to let go. If, if you try to control everything, you're going to be uh, an abusive boss. You're going to be a yep. micromanager. You're going to be a pain in the ass. Uh, and you're going to be ineffective as a leader. Yeah. So you've got to learn when you, when you can let go. Now, if you've loved, if you love your people and that you're learning together, you're going to know their capability. You're going to know what they can do. You've got to give them a chance. If they screw it up, you got to work with them to fix it. Don't just take it back and do it yourself. Yeah. Always challenge them, always challenge them and let go. I think that's a good, a really good point um, again. And part of it is to that learning to let go. You know, last week we had our battleship forum and, and one of the pilots, uh, Lieutenant uh, Carrie Lorenz, the first female to ever land a F-14 Tomcat on top of an aircraft carrier. Yeah, she was awesome. Individual. Amazing. And if you remember, David, she talked about the debrief afterwards. You yes. know, and our company does a debrief afterwards. After every show like this, we'll we'll debrief. What do we do right? What do we do wrong? Okay. What can we improve? What do we want to change? You know, those are the things that we kind of cover. And we do that after the event too. And I think that letting go, that's where you can let go, right? Because it's all learning. Like I, I'm a I'm a I like things exactly the way I like them, right? Yes. And sometimes they're not always that way. <laughs> and it does get frustrating, right? But then I go, eh, no one died. No one yeah. died. Right. Well, if you've got that kind of system in place, Jeff, where, where, you know, after every event, you are deliberately going to take time to do the after action. You're going to do the murder board. You're going to do the, the reflection. Then that is a tool that enables you to let go more effectively. Yeah. You're going to learn exactly what everybody's capabilities are. You're going to know everybody knows their role. Everybody has a plan. And then we learn from what happened and immediately start applying what we learned to the next one. Hey, I tell you what, uh, speaking of learning, I learned I need to take a break because I got lots of advertisers and people who want to buy things. So let's take a break and we'll come right back with All Business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio. C-Suite Radio. 
Hey, we're back with David Beach, president and CEO of Leader Sites. Hey, I got it right that time. How's that? Absolutely. I, yeah. See, I'm learning. See, I'm learning. That was the second point. Learn. Now he's going to love me. And he let go of the other times I, I made a mistake on verbal dyslexia. Hey, uh, when I introduced you earlier, orient, orienting? Orienting? What is orienting? Yeah, what is that? Well, orienteering is a sport. Um, it's a running sport. Yeah. Where um, you count me out. Are, <laughs> Sorry, count a, me out. You're given a <laughs> map <laughs> and a compass, and oh, you man. have to follow the map and find your way to a series of of orange and white markers that have been placed out in the woods. You got to find your way to each one, and the one that goes through all of those the fastest wins. Oh. You don't have to compete. I don't. I'm not real competitive myself since my knees, but I love going out there and just getting lost in the woods. And what I like the most about it is it's uh, unlike unlike a road race. You know, I do a lot of half marathons too. Uh, yeah. This, you have to find your own route. You have to consciously make decisions every step of the way. And if you make a bad decision, you get immediate feedback, like a bunch of briars in your face. Oh, so it's, not, like it, a, not like electric shock collar or something when you go off course. Oh, That'd be cool. No, That'd be, it, That's it, a better game. I like that it, game. This is actually the national sport of Sweden. Yeah. Uh, well, those it, guys we are, have a pretty good following here. We got an or, a United States Orienteering Federation. We got clubs all over the place. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if there's one in Sioux Falls, but I'll try to hook you up. No, that's okay. I got people for that. I got people <laughs> for that. I'm not gonna do. I'm not doing that. If I ride a horse or something, I'd enjoy that. That would be fun to go do that. And I love the woods, as you well know. I, you know, I love to hunt. Oh so. yeah. Hey, when that's part of my culture, that's the next question I want to talk about. Culture is a catalyst for many things. As leaders. How can we get everyone on the same team to understand our culture, to understand what we want to be and do? Well, you have to be able to articulate what you want, okay, first. Yeah. Um, what I've found, Jeff, is, is that most organizations are, are actually functioning within this culture of compliance. That means yeah. people will do whatever they need to do, whatever the boss tells them to do, um, whatever they understand they have to do, but they won't do anything extra because every time they have tried to do something extra, the boss has always come back and smacked them down. Mm. So if we're going to get out of that compliance type of culture, leaders have to do that love, learn, let go so that he can take that next step, which means we're going to get more people involved in the decision-making, more people involved in the learning. And we've got to give people an opportunity to try new things. The problem with that is when you ask people what should we change? What you typically get is this flood of, of complaints or things like, well, you know, it's, if we can only get rid of Andy, things would be so much better around here. So well, don't say that because Andy, Andy's helping us put this show together, but that would not be good. But no, you do get that. Yeah. Where people point a finger at somebody else a lot of times. That's right. They think the key to improvement is to get rid of certain players because they don't understand what role that person plays. Mm -hmm. So we've got to have systems that allow us to hear that process those. And then we turn around and challenge people to think through whatever their, whatever their idea, whatever their complaint, whatever their problem is, we have to teach them to critically think through that input. And if we put it down at the leadership level, at the lowest level of the organization, where we have an interactions between leaders and their people every day about things that people are thinking about, then we have a chance to take those steps. And if we see some improvements actually occurring, and if my idea is actually implemented, that really fires me up. And so the next thing you see 
is we build this, after this culture of involvement, we build this culture of excitement. People are excited about things that are happening. Uh, we're doing maybe some improvement events. We're shutting down and doing a specific activity that is going to improve something about your life or about your work. Those are all great fun, but we're still not there because typically what you'll hear is people will say, oh, that was the greatest experience ever. I can't wait till they come back and do it again. Yeah. Instead of saying, I'm going to take the lead. I'm going to improve something. Then I'm going to go get everybody and show them what great things I've done. When we get to that point, we'll be at a culture of engagement. And at that point, it runs on its own. It's, it's a wonderful work environment that, that contributes satisfaction and learning and development and growth and profitability and productivity. And it's a great place to work. And if we don't have you know, something I'm like that, to- we're not going to attract the talent we need for the future. Yeah, I like that. I, In fact, that's what I would love to have. I don't have that yet. And I would love to have that culture of engagement where people are making those decisions. You know, someone came to me today and said, hey, what do you want us to do? There was a, a conflict of this or that. And I said, I don't know. I'm not answering that question. That's what I got you for, right? You figure it out. You, you, you present it to me. You tell me that this is the case. Now you come back and give it to me. So, you know, and speaking of that, we, we're living in an era Um, where we have to not only move fast, but make decisions quickly. We don't have, you know, in a digital world like we have, how do you define uh, high-speed problem solving? Well, that's a little bit of a a misnomer. Um, What typically happens in an organization is a problem will occur and somebody in charge will say, okay, go do this. And you go do that and you stomp that fire out and a couple of weeks later, poof, it comes back. Right. Yeah. And you do it again. You stomp. It's like playing whack-a-mole, right? The mole pops up, you smack it down, pops up someplace yeah. else, you smack it down and you end up burning time, solving the problem a hundred times. So high-speed problem solving says if you do the analysis properly, define the right problem, make sure it's a real problem, break it down to something solvable find the root cause, come up with multiple ways to solve it. You only have to solve it once and you don't waste all the future times. So that's where we get the speed. We invest a little bit more time up front to get faster in the end. So it's a lot like, um, I don't know, slowing down to speed up. Which is a better thing to do. And sometimes you have to take the time. Like, for instance, teaching your employees how to do certain things. Because if you're the one doing them, the way, best way to get through it is you're going to have to take the time, step back, explain it, show them. As my good friend Jason Forrest says, no show, do. You got you know it. You got to show it. Let them do it. And I totally agree. I, I, this has been great, David. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're talking with David Beach, President and CEO of Leader Sites, and he is talking all about talking about return to the better, not to the normal. I think that was awesome, a great insight. And of course, this has been Jeffrey Hazlett on C Suite Radio with All Business. David, thanks for joining us today. Thanks a million, Jeff. I appreciate it. At the end of every show, of course, I always end it with what I learned. And I think I learned something really cool here in terms of being able to focus. I love that love, learn, and let go. And the third one, let go. That's a tough one. Okay. That's probably the big one that I got out of here. And what you do is you, you know, my big lesson learned out of all this stuff is uh, you got to walk in, you know, there's an old saying, you got to walk in 
someone's shoes before you get to understand them and know what they're all about. So walk a mile in their moccasins before you start uh, criticizing them or yelling at them for not getting things done, okay? Because you don't know what they're up against right now. And we need to be very mindful of that. So we got to love a little bit more, okay? That's what I learned. There's my love, learn, and letting go. Right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. Tell a friend. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.